Satisfied her hunger was Miller's calm on raging seas The souls of men she craved Sun and moon from balcony Turned their head in disbelief Precious love would taste the stain Disfigured and disdained On Friday a thief On Sunday a king And lay down in grief But awoke with keys to hell on the day Firstborn of the slain The man Jesus Christ lay Death in his grave Oh, 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 oh. So three days in darkness Let this morning sun of righteousness Rose to shame the throes of death And overturn his rule Now daughters and the sons of men Would pay not their dues again The dead of blood the old was rent And the day he rolled anew On Friday a thief On Sunday a king He lay down in grief But woke with the keys To hell on that day Firstborn of the slain, the man Jesus Christ lay death in his grave. Good morning. Happy Easter. We're so glad to be with you guys this morning. As our call to worship, hear these words of Jesus. Jesus stood up and cried in a loud voice. This is the invitation to us. Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters. Come to me and drink. Come without money and without price. This is free life. And today we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Christ is risen. Say it with us. Christ is risen indeed. Let's sing to him. In Christ alone, my hope is found. And he is my light, 
Yes, this is the power of Christ in me From life's first cry to final breath Yes, Jesus commands my destiny In no power of hell, no scheme of man Can ever pluck me from his hands Till he returns or calls me home It's here in the power of Christ I stand And the Apostles' Creed is one of the most ancient statements of faith of what we believe, so we're going to say it together. Some families from our church are going to lead us through it. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of the Father Almighty. From then he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Happy Easter, everyone! Let's sing this truth together. And death could not hold him Answer before you, you silence the bust of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again, and you have. death couldn't hold him, that nothing can stop our God. So let's run to that. He is a God that nothing can come against. So let's run to him today. And death could not hold you, the answer before you, you silenced the boast of sin and grave. In the heavens there praise of your glory if for you are raised to life again. 
morning, guys. I want all of the kids to come on and scooch on closer to the screen and really turn on your listening ears because I'm going to share with you guys a really special story. Now, you might have noticed we've been singing a lot of really happy songs, songs of celebration. And you might be wondering, why exactly is today such a happy day? Why are we singing the songs that we're singing this morning? And this story is going to start to cover why today is such a happy, exciting day. Jesus' friends were sad. They would never see their best friend again. How could this have happened? Wasn't Jesus the rescuer? The king that God had promised? It wasn't supposed to end like this. Yes, but who ever said anything about the end? Just before sunrise on the third day, God sent an earthquake and an angel from heaven. When the guards saw the angel, they freaked out and they ran away. The angel rolled the huge stone away, sat on top of it, and waited. At first glimmer of dawn, Mary Magdalene and some other women headed up to the tomb to wash Jesus' body. They walked quietly along the hilly path until they reached the tomb. And immediately they noticed something odd. It was wide open. They peered into the dark opening. Jesus' body was gone. And something else... A shining man was there with clothes made from lightning. Don't be scared, the angel said. But, and they couldn't help it, they screamed anyway. The angel asked them, what are you doing here? This is a tomb, and tombs are for dead people. The woman couldn't speak. Jesus isn't here anymore, the angel said. He's alive again. Their hearts leapt, and the angel laughed with such gladness that they felt for a moment as if they had woken from a nightmare. Mary ran and ran and ran all the way back to the city. She had never run so fast in all of her life. Was God really making everything sad come untrue? Was he making even death come untrue? 
she couldn't wait to tell Jesus's friends. They won't believe it. And she laughed. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus and
Good morning, guys. Happy Easter. We're so glad to be with you guys and um, just get to celebrate Jesus. He's risen. He's risen indeed. We said it at the beginning. It's true. It changes everything. Um, so we just want to chat with each other in the chat right now. We want to welcome each other. Christ came towards us. So even though we're not physically together, we want to just go towards each other in the chat right now. So share where you're at. Um, who you're with, and just respond to each other for just a few, a few minutes in the chat. Good morning. Happy Easter. Uh, yeah, feel free to just keep chatting in the, the comments. Uh, let's just be moving towards each other as Jesus moved towards us, and uh, share where you're at right now, um, where you're coming from, maybe if, how you have a connection with uh, maybe you've been part of Sacred Mission, or maybe you're someone's aunt or uncle or niece or cousin. We'd love to just uh, see those connections as well. You can talk about my t-shirt, so uh, corn-fed. I just felt like this was like an Easter kind of green color. Uh, I don't know where... Uh, it comes from what store it comes from, but Christy got it for me for Christmas, I think, or something. So you could ask her if you're dying to get the shirt, but uh, feel free to uh, keep leaving comments, and uh, Silas is going to come and read scripture for us this morning. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with him when Jesus came. So the other disciple told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands with a mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here and see my hands and put one uh, your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not, who have not seen and yet have believed. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, buddy. That was awesome. Um, Silas, good-looking shirt, too. Uh, you had mentioned that uh, you thought it was your most Easter egg-looking shirt, and I... I, I agree. Um, and uh, just thinking about people in the church, too, I know that this is typically a time where, where uh, I think we have some of the most well-dressed kids in our kids' church. Sometimes I'm shocked with some of the outfits that they're wearing. And so we just want to let you know, too, that on our Facebook page, we've posted a post there where if in the comments you want to like have like a pastel parade of photos uh, where you post kind of family photos or, or that dress that you were waiting to wear on, on Easter Sunday. We'd love to see that. And also, if you are going the total opposite direction as the most non-Easter you've looked as you're in your living room, uh, we'd love to see that as well. And so please post those on the Facebook page. You know, on, on this day, it's, uh, it's amazing that Jesus told us to look for him on the third day. Look for me on the third day. After I've died, look for me on the third day. And um, what's interesting is that no one on the ground remembered he said that. When we read carefully all the stories around here, there wasn't anyone who really was remembering at that moment. They'd remember it later, but at that moment, there really wasn't anyone who was really remembering prophecies like the Father will not let his Holy One see decay. 
uh, in the book of Psalms. Uh, none of these prophecies were remembered by people on the ground. And as, as Madison read that uh, beautifully written uh, story from the Jesus Storybook Bible about the resurrection, that, uh, that just this feeling that they wouldn't believe it on Sunday morning because of how amazing it was, and, uh, and just the beauty of Sunday morning. And uh, part of what we're going to look at today is Sunday night. Some of the things that happened during that day, and, uh, and one of the things that happened Sunday night, uh, then what kind of the dominoes that fell uh, for one particular person uh, going on off the heels of Sunday night. Sunday night is the first night of his resurrection, and the disciples have gathered together. So instead of the disciples just kind of being like, well, I guess maybe this three years of us following Jesus and thinking that the kingdom was coming, um, man, we kind of left everything, and, uh, and I guess I'll just see you later. Instead, uh, after deserting Jesus, gratefully, they come back together. And uh, they're gathered, they've taken initiative to gather together. We know that Thomas, uh, for whatever reason, isn't with them, but a majority of the disciples are there. And, you know, in times of unknown, in times of uncertainty, um, possibly on the heels of a huge victory, but still a little curious about news they'd heard from that morning about the tomb being empty, the disciples get together. Um, The door is locked not just because of like good safety precautions. The door is locked because they're still afraid that the the mob mentality, bloodthirsty crowd that had killed Jesus were maybe on the look for them. And the fate that Jesus had, they were soon to have too. So they have the door locked for fear that the Jews may kill them. Uh, Then Jesus walks into the room. And he just stands right in front of them. I mean, the last things that they had seen were some of the most barbaric, horrendous things uh, that they had seen on planet Earth in their entire lifetimes was seeing uh, Jesus brutally killed on Friday. And here he is standing in front of them. He shows them his hands. He shows them his feet. He shows them his side to make sure that it was without a doubt truly him. And uh, man, put yourself in that room. You had spent the last 48 hours after deserting Jesus, after watching Jesus be killed, the kingdom you thought was coming, all that is lost. What do you do when he is in front of you? Do you, um, do you say you're sorry? Do you fall down in front of him and just be like, I even told you I would never desert you, and I did. And you were alone. Do you apologize or do you cheer? Do you like yell harder than you've ever yelled in your whole life because Satan took his biggest swing at Jesus, murdering him. And instead of death killing Jesus, Jesus laid death in its grave. Do you just just yell seeing Jesus in front of you? Death is no longer the last undefeated enemy. Death has been killed of its power. Death no longer has the last word. Jesus tells them on this night that he's just getting started. He tells them that this is just the beginning. Check out what he says in John 20, verse 21. 
As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Think of it. Think of that. This is the day of his resurrection. This is the evening of his resurrection. He could have easily spent the day in recreation. He could have, uh, he could have just spent the day relaxing. And even the night of Easter, he is talking to his disciples about mission about how he is now sending them. Uh, the age of the church has begun. Jesus didn't spend these days in anything other than on Easter Sunday, he is with his disciples in a room and he's talking to them about mission. He's not wasting even a moment now that death is defeated. Eternal life is now fully available to anyone who believes in him. The age of the church has begun. A living, breathing body of Jesus on earth with the victorious Jesus as the head of the church, making the calls, drawing people to himself, gifting and using the church to be his hands and feet. We'll spend an eternity. We will spend an eternity feasting together with Jesus. We'll spend eternity at his feet. We'll spend an eternity with him. But now, on this day, on Easter Sunday, what he is talking about is how the age of the church has begun and the work is that is to do. Jesus then gives them, on that night, he gives them the Holy Spirit to empower their work. And we believe the planting of Sacred Mission Church is Jesus on the move this year, on the move right now in rural central Iowa, just as he was planning that with his disciples on that first night, that he is alive and well and working just the same here. He's raised up a new work here to join the others in this area, to see the power of God work in our lives, redeeming us, restoring the broken, saving sinners, forming a church of forgiven misfits, me included, saving people, using a church, forming a church of forgiven misfits to be on mission together in this place. We know one of his disciples who was with Jesus every day for three years. Every day for three years, one of his disciples was with him, had left everything to follow him. One of his disciples wasn't there that night. Man, talk about like the worst night to miss a meeting with Jesus. <laughs> like we don't know where he was at. Uh, he could have had really good reasons for not being there, but Thomas missed the meeting and he hadn't seen Jesus yet. We're told how this plays out in John 20, verse 24. And this will be our real main scriptural focus for this morning is, is how Thomas is responding. And Jesus, I just pray that uh, would you do a work in each of us this morning through these powerful verses, that in the places where we need to find ourselves and, and find ourselves in our story and, and where you are at in our story, Lord, uh, would there be clarity would there be truth from you? And uh, would these words pierce us like they pierced him? Okay, look, John 20 is where we're at. Look at verse 24, if you would. Now Thomas, one of the 12, one of his disciples, called the twin. Great, 
detail that we know nothing about. Uh, did he look like somebody else or did we truly have a twin and they just knew him as the twin? So it's just a detail that's lost to history. But Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, his best friends told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. There's probably dozens of theories out there on why Thomas approached the resurrection like this hearing his best friends describe in detail that Jesus rose from the dead, that he's alive and well, Thomas says he will never believe that. He will never believe unless he sees Jesus himself. Thomas's quote here is kind of interesting too, if you see his, his kind of preoccupation with nails, right? Unless I see his hands in his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails. Um, it, it seems like Thomas had been haunted by what he saw on Friday, that the nails had just, um, maybe he had been dreaming about them, maybe he'd been having flashbacks, but um, it, it really seems like Thomas is occupied by, by his focus on the destruction that those nails did and how surely there was no way that Jesus was alive unless Thomas actually saw it. He said, I will never believe. That's where Thomas was at. That's, that's where he's at. And um, man, that's maybe where you're at right now. Um, is that you? I think if you say, yeah, that's me, that's clarity, that's refreshing clarity to know where you're at in your view of Jesus. And, and I'm, it's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that you're, that, that you're a part of this. And, uh, and man, we welcome you to be a part of this, to be a part of this church and to, and, and to, to stay close because you'll, you'll, you'll see how, how Thomas stays close. Um, maybe though right now you're like, you know what? If Jesus was standing in front of me and I could see the way Thomas wanted to see, I still wouldn't believe. Um, man, if that's where you're at, I'm glad that you're here too. I'm glad that you're a part of this gathering today, and I'm glad that you didn't isolate. That sometimes it's like, well, if my belief is different than the people over there, I'm going to have them be over there, and I'm going to be over here, and we have nothing in common, and I'm going to isolate myself with the beliefs that I have. And uh, man, I'm, I thank you that you've chosen to be with us. Thank you. And uh, you'll see that this is what Thomas does. Look at verse 26. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Eight days have passed, and Thomas still doesn't believe that Jesus is alive. Eight days of all of his friends believing that Jesus is alive, and he doesn't believe that Jesus is alive. And I love that he is with them. He is not wherever he used to live before he met Jesus. I love that he's not away from them. He is with them on this night 
I love that he didn't see their faith as something that he couldn't be around. He stayed around them. He stayed in community. He was with them. Verse 26 continues, although the doors were locked, they're still concerned that the Jews are out to get them, that that the religious leaders at the time were out to get them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Thomas was right at the right place at the right time this time. Uh, Then look what Jesus does. The room is full of his friends, those that he spent years with, and he just hones the conversation directly to Thomas. And he says, put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand. Place it in my side. Do not disbelieve but believe. Don't ever think that you're the one that's pursuing God. Don't ever think that you're the one that's pursuing God. He always is the one that's pursuing you. That's the type of heart he has. That's the type of God he is. He is is just as powerful and has every right to be far away and to have no care about what's happening in our tiny worlds. And instead, he is continually pursuing us. And I love that he goes straight to Thomas, and he invites him into the very terms that Thomas put on the table, even when he wasn't there, but he knew, because he sees and hears all. And uh, man, even when you have a thought that you should maybe be a part of an online church service and you don't know why, but you just click on it, um, or you walk through church doors and you're not even sure why you're walking in, or you walk into the arms of Jesus and you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Man, all of these are just signs that he is pursuing you and that he is drawing you to himself, drawing near to not disbelieve, but believe. One kind of crazy observation here in the text, too, is that it's surprising that Jesus has these wounds on his body. They are, these wounds are on the resurrected Jesus, on his body. Here, he's, he's been risen for over eight days. He's appeared to, we know he's appeared to hundreds of people by this time, And other parts of scripture speak about a glorified body. And so it seems here that this is the body that Jesus will have for all eternity. It's called his glorified body. Many people didn't recognize him at first. It kind of looked like him, but it kind of, I'm not really sure if that's him. And, And just, just... If you have this idea that like in heaven, we're just like these disembodied spirits floating all over the place, we're not. We have bodies. I think we have jobs. Like it's a lot like here, but it's just perfect. And, um, and so we see in Jesus, in his glorified body, we would have never thought that he still would have the wounds on his body from the crucifixion. Why does he still have wounds where even someone could stick their finger in his wound, which is, most of you don't want to think about that, but, uh, but it seems that, uh, that these are fresh wounds uh, in many ways. Um, why, does he bo- why does his body have these marks? And so my theory of this comes from the movie Cars. Probably didn't think I was going there, right? <laughs> but uh, I want you to picture Mater, 
Mater in Cars, right? Everybody loves Mater, one of the main characters in Cars. If you haven't seen Cars yet, uh, it, maybe that's even like ahead of some, or wherever, like, that was a while ago, right? Uh, but even if you haven't seen Cars, Mater, Mater is dented up, he's rusty, he's all scratched up. And there's a scene in Cars at one point in the movie where the option comes up for Mater to get all of his dents and scratches removed. And I don't know if you remember, but he refuses. He wants to keep them because he says each one of them is a memory of his time with his friends. And each one of those dents, each one of those scars is connected to a relationship with his friends. And uh, when I watched that movie, it was, I was like, that's maybe Jesus, <laughs> you know? Um, that I think forever, when we are in heaven with Jesus, those who put their faith in him, their trust in him, when we see those nail-scarred hands, when we see his wounds, we will forever know that that's how we are here. That's how we got here. There would be no hope for us to have eternal life if it wasn't for those scars. And uh, I think there'll be a continual point of worship, a continual point of gratefulness, a continual point of joy for us. And so in his infinite wisdom, he kept the scars uh, for a lifetime or for all eternity. Scripture doesn't tell us if Thomas actually took Jesus up on his offer. Scripture doesn't tell us if he actually put his finger in his wounds. Personally, I don't think he did. I think Thomas, seeing his Savior alive right in front of him, alive and well, inviting him towards himself, I think Thomas just instantly said, verse 28, my Lord and my God. You are my Lord, you are my God. And before that, there had been no doubt that Thomas believed Jesus was real. He had spent three years with him. He knew Jesus was real. It was no doubt that, that Thomas believed that Jesus did the miracles he did. He was in that boat when Jesus just stopped a weather system with just a few words, and it didn't even play out. It just stopped. Like, Thomas believed all that. He didn't doubt any of those things. What Thomas doubted was that Jesus was alive, that Jesus was alive and well. He knew if Jesus was alive, it's going to change everything. If Jesus is alive, it's going to change my life forever. Thomas believed. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Uh, we know from pretty ancient and reliable traditions that Thomas actually would travel across land from Israel, from Jerusalem, all the way to southern India, if you can believe it. And uh, there is reliable tradition and sources that that is where the church in India started. And I even have some personal friends that can trace their belief all the way back to when Thomas came and told their ancestors about Jesus, that he's alive and he's well. And uh, Thomas, it, it changed him forever that Jesus was not just this uh, guy who did amazing things, but he is alive and well, and he's on mission. And he brought Thomas into that, and he's inviting you into that as well. 
Then verse 28, uh, Jesus responds to Thomas, and I think his, his mind turns to us. Not just to Thomas, but I think his mind turns to us. Because I could be like, I would love to be able to have the experience that Thomas had. If only in our living room right now, Jesus just appeared and was like, hey guys, just want to let you all know, you can believe, I'm here, I'm fine. Um, and I know people in our church that I love dearly uh, that have yet to put their faith in Jesus. And I think they would be like, yes, that would be it. If Jesus could just come into my living room and just tell me just for one second, yes, I'm alive. They'd be like, okay, that, thank you. Go, go somewhere else. That's all I needed. And uh, I have friends that that's where they're at right now. And I think with Jesus being fully aware of that, he then says to Thomas, to the room and to our rooms, Verse 28, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. On this Easter morning, Jesus is declaring to each one of us, it is more blessed that we have not seen him with our own eyes. We will one day, but it's more blessed that we have not seen him yet and we believe. To those of us who have had the privilege to believe and walk with Jesus for decades this morning, uh, man, it's more blessed for us that we have not seen and yet believed. Would you be encouraged by that? Would you allow him to fill you with peace and his passion this morning as you sit in your home as one who believes and is now with him on such a sacred mission? And uh, for those of you who woke up like Thomas did on Easter Sunday, uh, mentally maybe affirming a lot of things about Jesus, but not bowing his knee to the living Jesus and not saying yet, my Lord and my God, uh, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Would you believe this morning? Would you believe right now? Would you, would you be all in for Jesus? Would you put your full past present and future, all of your story, would you put all of your burdens, would you take all of that and just throw yourself into the nail-scarred hands of Jesus? He'll take care of you. He'll love you. He'll serve you. He'll change you. He'll grow you into, into how he's designed you for you to flourish here. And man, he'll see you safely home. Uh, what an appropriate response on Easter Sunday to say, I am yours. I'm all in. Thank you for saving me. Would you put your trust in him? Fortunate are you who have not seen and yet have believed. Um, through the chat, you can click on the uh, receive prayer and, and let us know through there too. We would love to pray with you and, and help lead you to your Savior who is alive and well and is pursuing you. Can we pray together? Oh, Jesus, we just give you space to work here this morning. Lord, whatever you want to do in our lives, would each of us say yes and amen to what you want for us, how you want to send us on your mission. Maybe we've never even thought of that before. Lord, would you just give us a vision for that, how you're revealing yourself to each one of us. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift that you've gave us, that you've given to us in telling us that it is more blessed that we have not seen and yet believe. Would that fill each of us with a joy, with a resolve, with a passion for your mission that would allow us to come out of this time of seclusion with a heart on fire that will light up this place with praise for you. 
Thank you that our Savior is alive. Amen. Amen. Well, man, thanks for joining us on Easter. Uh, The chat room will be open for about another 20 minutes, so... Love to have us keep talking there. Don't don't forget uh, if you want to take if you have pastel family pastel kind of blend going on, take a photo, put that on our comment section. Or if you're the total opposite, that would be funny to see too. So put that in the comments section as well. Uh, would you join us next Sunday at 10 a.m.? So we've had several services this weekend, but would you join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. here at SacredMission.Online.Church? And we are kick, kicking off our series through the Book of Daniel. So I am really excited for that. We're gonna, we haven't gone through an Old Testament book as a church, and it is amazing. And it, I'm, I'm excited to go through that. And so I'd love to have you even invite friends to go through the book of Daniel with us. So, uh, man, would just the peace and the passion and the presence of Jesus be with each of us? If you're putting your trust in Jesus, let us know. Thanks for coming. Happy Easter.